Utah in the Weeds, episode 31, right, Chris? Episode 31. We're on location We're at well, Beehive Pharmacy, though. Yeah. The Beehive Zone Pharmacy? Is that the technical name or Beehive Pharmacy? So Beehive Pharmacy, Beehive Own, Beehive's Own is the parent company that supersedes that. So we have Beehive Pharmacy. We have a couple other ventures under that with brands, with Got it. processors, etc. Okay, so. Beehive Pharmacy. With an yes. F. And we're actually across the street from your new location, Tim, which yes. is cool. I wanted to mention yeah, that. Yeah, Utah actually, Therapeutic Health Center right across the street. We're looking at the sign right now. So I just walked over. That's very cool. Yes, it's so exciting. We've been helping like patients with cards or with letters. They're, they're able to kind of walk over and get a little guidance with the EVS system. And that's been pretty cool already. I think we've seen a lot of people with letters come through right from your office that they appreciate that intermediary step. They don't have to wait for the EVS to go live, but they know they have a pharmacy within their region that they can come to. So I, I think yes. it's going to be great. Let's give the address here before we go too far. What's your address here, Bijan? So the address here is 1991 South, 3600 West, Salt Lake City, 84104. So we're right on the west side of the Salt Lake on the bordering edge of West Valley, but we still fall among Salt Lake City. Okay. And I nice. would recommend people putting it in Google Maps to find their way over here instead mm-hmm. of just being like, oh, it's on 3600 West. I'll yeah. find it, you know, because it's, it's, it's a little tricky to find it over here if you don't know where yeah. you're going. It's conveniently located, oh, I love but, the location. but it's on the north side of the 201. Yeah. So convenience for, for destination, but you've got to go around the horn, so to speak, to get here, right? That's right. So you can access it from Bangor or from 3200 West right off the 201. But we, I mean, we're going live, so we're working out our SEO, our Google listing. So you can find our Google business page to directly do directions. But if you visit our website too, uh, you click the address. If you're on a, an iPhone or an Android, you know, Waze, Google Maps will just take you straight to us. And once we have our, we have a, a 40 foot podium sign that we're going to have uh, green crosses on all three sides. So it'll be kind of a beacon once you come to this area, you'll be able to see us right off the north side of the freeway, as Tim mentioned. Oh, and it's not hard to find. I didn't want to give that impression. No, no, no. I just, oh, no. Uh, and there's uh, tons of parking. And there's like, this is a this is going to be a great yeah. location. There's way more parking than in any of the other dispensaries or pharmacies that we've seen so far, don't you think? Oh, abso- absolutely. Abs- now, are right. you going to have a drive-thru here too then? Is yeah, that, we will. Are set up for a drive-thru? We have a three-lane drive-thru. Um, we've got two of the three lanes ready. Okay. We want the drive-thru to go live once we work out our workflow internally. And then drive throughs primarily going to be servicing our recurring customers and our online orders. It's difficult to do a consultation and register from your car. Um, so we're working out some of those kinks. But one thing I will say, a lot of people overlook the asset itself. So in, in retail cannabis, whether it's a pharmacy or a dispensary in a mature market, access and parking are the two biggest things, you know, and in, in crazy days, we'll see, you know, upwards of over a hundred, 200 people. If you have 10 parking spots or you have to park across the street and walk, it's more of an inconvenience for somebody to come through. So we were fortunate enough to find an old bank building and, you know, banks provide great security. They already have vaults. They already have drive-throughs. They usually have good signage and they have parking. So we have about 45, 50 parking spots. So, so from a first perspective, it's cool to bring life to an old building that was vacant for four or five years because a lot of brick and mortar banks are going out of business. But I think they make one of the more ideal retail cannabis spots because 
for those reasons mentioned, you're saving yourself a lot of money on build outs on to build a drive through and build a vault. You're sure. at, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars. So, right. Like the interior here is really nice, nice flooring. It's a little warmer than, um, I would, I would say like I compare it to, uh, the Provo, the sure. Provo dispensary sure. and Deseret. right. Deseret, Deseret's a little bit more white and maple. And here it's a little bit warmer, mm-hmm. uh, the feel. I feel right? like every pharmacy has kind of taken a different tone a little yeah. bit, which is quite interesting because it's not like you guys all got together and said, okay, you do this, no. I do this, right? Like no, that's, you all kind of had your own th- uh, uh, vision. And that's the beauty of it. There's yeah. so many different flavors. Everyone has a different vibe. And you see that yes. when you walk into every pharmacy. And, mm-hmm. and I think people, once they get to all of them, they get to experience all of them, then they understand, okay, I like the vibe. I like Mm -hmm. the products and then I'll come back. And so for us, um, you know, we were kind of trying to flip the script. Everyone's doing bright white, very light, very white, um, like 5,000 lumens light. So cold light, concrete floors. Uh, We kind of went the opposite. We did black ceilings. We did some kind of linear LED lighting on the ceiling and then more of a, of a vanilla ice cream color wall. So it is a little bit more of that uh, darker, almost like a, barbershop-esque yes, vibe. That's a good just from the, the aesthetics. There's a lot of maple, a lot of uh powder coated steel. And then, you know, we have a really nice offsetting wall mural that, you know, oh, I love that. ties I love everything it. together. Yeah. And I, I love what you guys did with the pharmacy instead of just the typical like uh, pharmacy thing, yep. kind of to even give a little bit of a, a hat tip to the, you know, farming. I, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's what what, yeah. uh, what you're kind of hat, hat tipping to with the pharmacy part. Yeah. You know, this is, uh, our whole motto is plants over pills. Sure. And so this really is, everything's coming from a farm. So the play on the, on the name we're realizing now, uh, doesn't serve too well in SEO. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll come around to that, but, uh, but yeah, it's an homage to the, the actual cultivation farmers that go into this. Cause all of this does come from one of the eight farms here in Utah. So how does patients and maybe Tim might actually even be a better one to ask this, but so you've only been open here for a few days at the time we're recording this. How do patients even find out about this location if they're not involved in like Facebook groups and stuff? Cause that's how I find out about a lot of these locations. I mean, I think it's pretty limited because I think Bijan can't, I mean, you can't go out and buy an ad. You can't go out and buy a billboard right? The law restricts you from doing that. So I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, but the people find out about if they're following on, on social media, because they've allowed you to do some social media. Mm -hmm. And if they're following groups like your, like Utah in the weeds Mm -hmm. or utahmarijuana.org, and they're searching for, frankly, if they're searching for dispensaries in Utah on Google, they're more likely to find us than you right now. Correct. And they're going to get that information from somebody outside of you. That's right? correct. I, th- I think primarily people are finding out through their QMP offices, like Utah Therapeutics. Yep. We've had a couple industry advocates do little mini stories on us. We let them, we had a soft walk through last week. Our whole intention of doing this soft rollout was so that we can work, we can really nail down our workflows. So patient check ins, inventory intake. We want to hammer everything down before we then do our grand opening and, and allow more people to come through. But um, right now, it's mostly been social media, word of mouth, word of mouth, industry people. We find a lot of, uh, and also other pharmacies have been referring people to us because they'll be going there and patients are finding out they don't have any flour, for example, or anything um, 
anything available. Anything available. Yeah, that's a problem <laughs> yeah. right now downtown, right? Like, and people have been coming down here because of that. We we've heard about that. Yeah, uh, we had a, we had a, we had a patient yesterday who drove to Ogden and then Bountiful and then Salt Lake oh. and then Lehigh, and um, shout out to the Cureleaf guys for sending them our way. Um, but they were, they were able to come back. So it was kind of a nice, you know, scenic drive for right. them, but we were able to at least provide, we, you know, we've got, uh, an ample amount of variety of flour and concentrates, but I know that every pharmacy is going to come against supply constraints. And so we're, we're a group that doesn't have our own cultivation. So we rely primarily on the relationships we have with cultivators and making it mutually beneficial. So while we don't have a grow, but we can, you know, try and help the cultivators that don't have retail as much. So it's forcing us to to work together. Yeah, and I think that's a it will be good for the industry to have pharmacies like you uh, who aren't vertically integrated because you because they will I don't know, I think people people assume that they're going to want to push their own products. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to push their own flour, their own concentrates and you can essentially just sell patients what works best. And and e- even to that now, I would say look look everyone I'm a capitalist, but I'm also an altruist. And I believe that the market will dictate what we'll want to sell. So even if people were vertically integrated, I think if they thoroughly understand the product and what the patient's trying to accomplish, it's in everyone's best interest to have as most variety as possible because the market will dictate what patients really want. And so we don't, we didn't want to put any patients in a pigeonhole. And, you know, I, so I have a condition called ulcerative colitis and I was diagnosed when I was 12. So I've had this condition for, for quite a while. And, and I've had to go through the hurdles of you are only able to take this drug because your insurance covers you here. And when you don't have options, you know, you, you feel like you're not in control of your own well-being. So, you know, putting our patient hats on, we have to also make the right decisions that, yes, while we have our operator hats on, we have to be mindful of the business our number one goal is to make sure that we're serving the patients. So all of our partners in this business and our, uh, our staff are also patients. And I think that's really important for us to understand that we're not disconnected from our patient group. So understanding that patients need options is, is one thing we're really trying to accomplish here. So the feedback's been good with the, the varieties we've had. We've only been open for about five days. And uh, I'm sure as word gets out more and more, then more people will come through and, and hopefully we can navigate those hurdles other pharmacies have been, have been experiencing. What's, or, go ahead. I was just going to say, what are your hours here for people listening, like to connect for, for coming out here? Yeah, great. So uh, weekdays were open 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh-huh. And weekends, Saturday, including Sunday, were open from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. And we found that uh, the online ordering ability for us has been really helpful for people, especially during the times where they're just getting off work, they need to get home. So they're able to put in an online order, come into a quick pickup and then make it home on their way home from work. I think over time, again, the industry will dictate what our hours are needed. If we need to be open longer, we will be open longer. We can switch to more of a drive-through model to be open a little bit longer, but for starters, 11 to eight on weekdays and then 12 to six on weekends. And you can find us on social media. Uh, If you Google us, Beehive Pharmacy with an F, you'll be able to find our hours, our website. And for those first-time patients that require a consultation, you can uh, schedule one of your visits directly from either our Instagram or from our website with a patient registration link. 
Okay. Very okay, cool. Okay, that's good. And that's I've, good I've already know. checked out your website. I mean, your website's beautiful. I Great. mean, you got Thank everything you. on there. And, and uh, it looks like you have another location you guys are planning on opening up we do. down the road. We do. We're going to open that one. We just started the design and, and the construction side of it. We'll be open in December. So our, our goal, things happen. You know, no one expected COVID. So right. we, we were hoping to be open a little earlier. But um, we're moving forward with that. That should be open by year end. And we're going to be located right across the street from the Walmart in Brigham City. Okay. So Brigham City is a, a little sleeper town located between Ogden and Logan. And we're one of the closer towns to the Idaho border. So I think we're going to be able to cater to that rural demographic in Region 1. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's going to be a pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited actually to go up there and see because it'll be probably smaller space, a different, maybe a little different vibe up there. Same vibe from the store, so same aesthetics. We're going to uh-huh. do the same floors, same display cases that you've seen in there, same ceiling style. Um, but I think the the demographic up there is going to be different. You know, yeah. we're here in Salt Lake. We're in, in in an industrial park, so a lot of our neighboring businesses are. You know, we have Utah Therapeutics across the street. We also have, uh, uh, I think, Rocky Mountain Waters down here. We've got a lot of industrial space in right. Brigham in Brigham City. We're located next to a subway and a supercuts. So, yeah, so it's, get a it's haircut and yeah. Some, yeah, it'll be different. Some cannabis. Right? Yeah, exactly. So how did you get into, I mean, you talked a little bit about your health and you and I had had a conversation before about, about that whole like experience with general Western healthcare. Was that your introduction to cannabis or were you involved? How did you get from before to into the cannabis space? So I was diagnosed, um, I'm turning 31. I was diagnosed when I was 12. So I didn't find cannabis until I was 19, 20. So about 11, 12 years ago. And, you know, my parents are immigrants. So I was raised, don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse, get good grades, go to college, you know, check all the boxes, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, be an engineer, a pharmacist or something like that. So, you know, my parents emigrated here from Iran uh, when the revolution happened. So when I had to then venture into, hey, this might help me, it was, a, it was surprisingly not that uncomfortable of a conversation because my mother ultimately was in support of it because she was diagnosed with lymphoma and ovarian cancer as well. So the elephant in the room was there's this thing that can help. And, uh, you know, living in Utah 11 years ago, the cannabis tolerance for the, for society was not where it's at right now. Not even close. Uh, Yeah. No. And so, so, you know, at that time I was very ill. They had thought that my ulcerative colitis had accelerated a colon cancer. I had to, you know, go through and get various tests and bone marrow aspirations just to see if it was T cell lymphoma or I'm sorry, T cell leukemia. So a lot of crazy things were happening. And for the first time, I think it might've been my brother actually that introduced me to it, but don't tell mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. It's funny how the ta- you know, tables, tables turn now. Right. But at that point, first time I was able to really like walk around and not have symptoms in, in my stomach anymore. And at that point I realized I'm like, this is, this is my medicine, you know? So, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in Holland, uh, traveling around doing professional paintball and I had never consumed cannabis there. I just learned how to, you know, roll cones and, and do all that stuff for my, for my teammates. But for me, I had no reason to consume. 
And so my introduction to this was purely medicinal and, and experiencing that. And then, you know, a lot of close family members, I told you my, my mother was diagnosed with various forms of cancer. Um, navigating through that, I think changes your perspective substantially on what I used to think was, you know, taboo. If somebody, you know, consumed cannabis, then they were, I don't want to say a degenerate, but there was like some negative connotation there. And that was just my, my cultural upbringing and, and part of my ignorance on it. So it wasn't until I had to have that personal experience when I realized that, you know, this is, this is medicine. And then trying to be an advocate from that perspective is also difficult when it's still federally and state illegal and you're working in an environment like I was working for a tech company in Utah County. So it's really difficult to work in that environment and also speak about cannabis and, and well, it's uh, Utah County too. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but, but, but I just think everyone's, um, pulse on cannabis wasn't there. And so now sure. that we're in a, we're in a place where people are receptive to it, there's support from the regulators there's support from the, the powers that be, I think that is enabling people to accelerate their, their own transformation. Cause I mean, it's, it's rough when you have to find cannabis on your own and you have to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And you don't have a, a system like this in place. You're it's like a choose your own adventure. You know, you're right. I mean, I, it's to give you an example. Um, I was taking, uh, you know, we had some Rick Simpson oil for, for my mother and you know, you, you, you don't know what the potency is. You don't know. What, no, it comes in a syringe. It comes in a, like, syringe. It comes in a syringe. And for those of people who don't know, Rick Simpson oil is like a crude mixture of can the cannabis plant like blended essentially it's like, like a the blended, most full spectrum yeah blended cannabis plant in alcohol mm -hmm. and then it's distilled and then the and then the raw material is taken out but it is strong so it's real potent it's oh my very, gosh, but that's it's like the potent. true medicine and so huh. the protocol you're supposed to work on is you're supposed to get up to a half gram per day that's, yeah that's, but that's 500 you, milligrams of yeah 500 of milligrams of thc mm -hmm. a day like it's not People treat it like something to get high mm -hmm. uh, with, but the true reason you take RSO is like to get through your treatment. Yeah, exactly. And, right? and, and, You're, and you almost put yourself in a cannabis coma, I've heard it's called. It sounds wonderful. But, well, <laughs> right. well, to my earlier point, when you're, when you're doing you know, some self-administering, you don't know. You don't know if what you're consuming is 10 milligrams, 50 milligrams. It could sure. be 200 milligrams, and then now the next three days are, are definitely you know, you're calling in sick to work and you know, you have, you have to have somebody drive you around. So the fact that now patients can come in and grab something that's tested, it's a controlled dose. I don't think people understand how lucky we are, to be honest with you, because, you know, this is not, I mean, this is something that affects everybody differently, but the fact that we have something available that is controlled and tested, you know, you hear a lot of people complaining about, Oh, we don't have this yet. We don't have that yet. Look, small wins. Amazing. Right. We're only, we're only less than a year into this right now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, sure. We don't have enough product, but we, yeah, but we have some product. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say, it's like you mentioned, uh, with COVID earlier, how the other location, uh, in Brigham city wasn't going to be open until December, you know, COVID kind of set it back. But if you go back and think the COVID kind of started when the system started here in Utah, yeah. right in March very much in, here in, in the States. And so it's like, obviously we weren't planning this. And so, uh, you know, I, Give some of these pharmacies a break, really, is, yeah. is you guys are trying to open as quick as you can. But it's also not just a pharmacy thing. You have to, yeah. it's a supply chain thing, you know? Yeah. So you've got, 
cultivators who are ramping up their outputs. You've got processors who are figuring out their their so their different methods of extraction plus what finished goods they're going to create, and then then that's when the pharmacies come in. And so there's really only a handful of pharmacies that have their own vertically integrated grow. So a lot of the other pharmacies are navigating through this saying, what processors are there? What products do they have? So I know everyone really is trying their best. And I think that uh, we give it some time, six months, a year. You'd be surprised how much this program has been refined in the last nine months. Whereas, you know, you look at, you know, we've been active in California and in Oregon and in other markets, and it takes years for some level of progress to where we have granted no one really likes imposed regulations but we're we're very fortunate that the the regulators here really care about the patients they listen you know and so creating a program that allows patients access and allows the ability for producers to create products give it 6 months a year and i know you're going to see some of those brands and products that you're you're you've seen in neighboring states um, mm-hmm. being produced here. And I, and I think that's what patients ultimately want is I know that I trust that. Right. You know, it's I like, got tyl- that in it's California. like Tylenol, you right. Know? You know, you know what you're getting for sure. You've had good experience with it. There's a lot of patients in Utah who were getting product off the black market who know, you know, I was, I was buying banana Kush and when I could get that, that was, that mm-hmm. was what worked for me. And you know, it's not available here, but when it is, you know, th- mm-hmm. those things will be nice. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of groups, um, you know, we're working with uh, a handful of brands to be their platform in Utah. Uh, We talked a little bit with the Salt Lake City guys about uh, bringing cookies to Utah. And, you know, that that's a that's a big move because a lot of people here, Girl Scout cookies is a a strain that, you know, I think it's the most popular strain for medical cannabis in the nation. It's one of the most well-known like for sure. Definitely, definitely one of the most well-known. For sure. And, uh, and you know, everyone has an opinion. Everyone's an expert. But that's just one example where you, you have that brand loyalty and you also have that experience. You know, when you go to another state and I purchased this product, you know that you had a same experience every single time. And so our intention is to create that same experience for patients that are looking for options that otherwise would resort to the illicit market, like you said, to get their sure. banana kush or get to get, you know, their, their vape cartridges as, as they would. But long story short, after I got diagnosed uh, and started integrating cannabis into my regimen, I realized that cannabis was just one piece of it. You know, everyone likes to say that cannabis is the cure. And I agree with them, but it's one part of the thing. You know, there's your mindset, you've got your diet, you've got your, I'm a little esoteric. So it's like, I'm all about the energy that you surround yourself with. So cannabis is just one really important piece in that. And so from the time that I recognize that this is a really good medicine for me, you know, I'm an opportunist. And so, uh, that was 2009, 2010, shortly after that Denver went recreational and Oregon I'm sorry, Colorado went rec and then Portland in Oregon actually went recreational as well. And so those were my first steps into the industry. Um, Had a vape pen company called Wellness Pen about 10 years ago. And we would go to music festivals in, in Colorado when it was rec and we would sell the devices. So it was kind of like a load your own concentrate device. And I remember 
you know, I sold as many vape pens there or hardware devices as I had made my annual salary at the tech company I worked at. And I realized I'm like, wow, this is, this is it, you know? And, and at that point I didn't understand manufacturing and quality control and quality assurance. And so while I thought I was on top of the world, I didn't realize my products had like a 30% effective rate. And so when you're constantly servicing product, you know, you learn a lot about what not to do in the future. So after we did wellness pen, uh, which we're going to be launching back in this market, we then looked at Oregon because they then went recreational, had minimal barriers to entry. So similar to like in Oklahoma now, where if you have an address, you have a compliant asset from a zoning perspective, you could go and get licensed. So while some, some boys from Utah thought that was a great idea, so did every other person out there. So, you know, you see a huge influx of producers, manufacturers, and then that also led to a mass oversupply and kind of price bottoms in those markets. So getting my feet wet in those real mature markets um, have really allowed me to navigate the, this market much better and, and learn from our mistakes in the past. And then after that, you know, I had a, a dispensary in California, in Stockton, California. And, uh, you know, California was in this phase where it's called Prop 215, which is where it was going from the medical market to their adult use market. So there was a lot of shifts in testing. There was a lot of shifts in regulations. And so similar to how we're navigating here right now, you have to be nimble because as soon as the law changes, your whole business model can change. Sure. Yeah. So, so seeing how what REC did for California, you know, REC put on a lot of taxes and it made a lot of operators difficult to be successful. And so one thing that we need to realize here in the state is while people are complaining about pricing, you know, this is medical and medicine's not taxed. And so as much as people want the market to go recreational, I think you have to realize what does that do for the end price for the patient? Yes, the city, the government is going to get their tax on it, but what costs you right now $60 for three and a half grams, it's going to cost you out the door 87. So that was a huge shift in California from 215 to 64. And, um, you know, over the last several years made, uh, you know, exited those opportunities to focus purely on Utah and in that process, over the last 10, 11 years, met my two partners in this venture, um, one of which, uh, his name is Paul Henderson. He's the current president of High Times. Okay. Oh, um, right. Ex-BYU. You met him the other day, yeah. Tim. Ex-BYU, ex-Goldman Sachs. Wait, he's here in Utah? Yeah. He lives- you have to get him on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he had to Current fly CEO. out to Oakland. Yeah. He was, uh, he took over for, uh, for Stormy. Stormy. Yeah. Who we had on last week. <laughs> yeah. We interviewed her last week. Yeah, That's no, great. no, she's great. great. I, I met her out in Paul out in their Venice yeah, office, right. and and it's funny, you know, Utah's always got this this uh, connection to to cannabis out there. People, you know, don't realize how big Utah is in the industry. You know, one thing people don't recognize. Shout out to highly educated. They were the first people that made titanium nails, which people would would consume uh, concentrates on, and they made e nails about eleven years ago. I remember, so. They were here from Utah. Very cool. Yeah. So, so we met, so Paul and I connected. Um, Paul understands the local landscape. He's been CFO and CEO of very large vertically integrated companies in California. 
So similar to my experience, you know, we're leveraging what we've learned in other markets and then trying to bring that here in, in the, in the most efficient ways possible. And then, uh, you know, our, our third partner, uh, Steve Brewster, he's, uh, you know, we met through a mutual friend, uh, and I'm, again, like I'm very kind of woo woo out there. I, I feel like you meet people, there are right. no accidents and the three of us met each other and it all came together. We have very complimentary skill sets. Steve is a, a local entrepreneur for the last 30 years here. He owns Mill Creek Coffee. And uh, I believe you had Stacy from yeah. Mill Creek Coffee on here. Um, on the, on my the, other podcast. On the other one. Yeah, on, I am, on, yeah, on, yeah, on I am Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. Yeah. And so, you know, he's ex-KPMG, uh, which is a, a really reputable firm. And he did uh, tax there for almost uh, 12 years. So from a skill set perspective, one thing people also don't recognize in cannabis is taxes are, I mean, there's a, this code called 280E. We heard about that with... Um at Deseret Wellness, 280E. Mm-hmm. And when they reduce or like when they decide that you can do this, they decriminalize it. It, it could make it worse. Well, or, it, or the taxes could go down. So what, Because what, 280E, to explain 280E again for us. So 280E, and I, I won't do it justice. Steve will kill me because I'm, I'm not the tax guy. But 280E is the, the IRS code where... You cannot write anything off besides the cost of goods sold for a federally illegal business. So this was designed to capture drug traffickers back in the day. And I don't think they anticipated us having some legitimized trade like this. Um, But in a normal business, let's just say if you make $100 or you sell something for $100 and it costs you $50, you've made $50. You then pay your rent, you pay your employees, you figure out what you're what your overhead is, and then you pay taxes on your profitability. 280E prevents you from doing any kind of deductions. So you're paying taxes on that full 50, even if it costs you $40 to make that 50. So that makes things a little bit difficult in cannabis. You know, people have a perception that cannabis businesses print money. Um, Well, a lot of that money is going back to the government. And so if cannabis were to be decriminalized or rescheduled, and open up, and 280E goes away, it would open up access to traditional banking, which, you know, again, another thing that we're super, super stoked for, you know, Utah First is um, is able to support us in actual banking. So here in Utah, the operators have the ability to actually use a bank account, which for normal people doesn't sound like a crazy thing, but being in cannabis, having to operate everything with just cash, not being able to have bank accounts or have to work with out-of-state credit unions at usury rates. You know, we're very lucky here to have banking in. But when 280E goes away, that opens up banking for J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, like just like a regular business. You can get lines of credit. Your access to capital will be, you know, more available. So it's going to change things for the industry, I think, for the better. But with that too, you also have to think if it's no longer a federally controlled substance or it's, it gets rescheduled, you know, where, how does it get treated? Can it be sold in regular pharmacies? Can it be sold in 7-Elevens, you know? So that's, you know, five years down the road. Um, well, hopefully not that long. Hopefully not that long, yeah. but you know, I, I don't want to be, uh, be drinking the Kool-Aid thinking it's sure. going to happen tomorrow. 
No. See, and I think I was drinking that Kool-Aid for way too long. Too many years over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Oh, maybe this is the year, It's going to be, yeah, it's going to happen. I, I mean, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be five years after they did criminalize it before we even really start to see yeah. a lot of changes. And with, I mean, and with, I think with the election coming up five. too, you know, you hear, you hear certain sides saying it's going to go certain ways. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that the one thing that we've learned in cannabis is it's almost like dog years. You know, one year in cannabis yep. is like seven regular, <laughs> regular years. So yep. if you think about That's how far point. we've gone, even in the last five or six years, though, like, right, because Colorado is just recreational 2014, right? Uh-huh. I think I believe it's so right. That's, right. Only, That's only like yep. six years ago. Mm-hmm. That's not but that it's long. never taken a state less than, I think, 12 years to go from medical to recreational. And I think that there'll be, there'll be states that do it faster, Sure, but 12 years is still a long time. And it's a long time from now. That would be 2032 when we went recreational and that's the fastest it's been done. Arizona, I think we'll vote on it this time and that Correct. might speed that process up and maybe we can half that time, but that's still six years from now. And, and normally if you look at the data on the states that are, there's a couple anomalies, but usually you want to get to a there's like Arizona's at about three percent. Yep, three percent of their of three. So what that means is three percent of their adult population happen to be medical cannabis patients, and then that's kind of the tipping point where they're saying now it's going to go recreational. You know, I everyone's is saying like, oh, it's going to go rec. You know, let's just let's just focus on this. Let's just do this well. Let's just do this now. well, <laughs> and then there may not be a need to. You know, and 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 I think that when you when you open up those gates, it becomes very different. You know, like you have cannabis in recreational states that, you know, here we, we have some restrictions on, on what you can and can't do mm-hmm. when it's recreational, those restrictions necessarily aren't there. And so for those reasons, I don't, I don't really see Utah being one of those states that is going to be gung ho to go wreck and, you know, we need to treat this as medicine. So let's do it right. Right. Or they'll get rid of it all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. And I think that like in my opinion, and I've said this before, Chris, and, and, and I don't know if you've heard me say this, Bijan, but the, the, the problem I see with adult use and rushing to that is on my side is you delegitimize the medical benefit of Agreed. cannabis when you rush to uh, just promote it for recreational or adult use. If you bypass the benefit, if you bypass the education and that, that process where people learn that it can help you the suffering that you had with colitis. It can help with the pain that you have in your knee. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you go through that process and understand that there's some medical benefit, then we go to adult use. Okay. I'm, I'm on board with that, but I don't want to skip this piece. This piece is so, it's so rewarding to see patients come in here and buy product, go home, try it for four or five days and realize, wow, I feel like a, I, f- I feel better, you know? No, I, agreed, agreed hundred percent. Right? I think we also have a lot of people's opinions that necessarily are used to going to a Nevada or mm-hmm. a Colorado that are saying, you know, why can't Utah be like that? And uh, you're right. You know, if, if in my experience, it was more transactional where it was like an adult use, I go in, buy flour, consume it. I don't think that I would have the same, it would have the same impact on me and my condition because then it's, because people put it in the same category if it's adult use as, you know, other vices, call it right. tobacco, call it yeah. alcohol, uh, alcohol, tobacco. Yep. And so I, I couldn't disagree with that 
I couldn't disagree with that more. Yeah. So I think we need to just really do a good job on nailing medical. Um, I think you guys do a great job over at your clinic on, on edge. Cause, cause we, we see people after they come from your clinic, you know, and there's a, an individual wide assortment of people, vets, you've got, um, you know, people that for me, I view them as like my parents, you know, and like, right. I want to be able to create an environment where if my parents came in or my grandparents came in, they would feel comfortable and safe. They're not going to think they're walking into a head shop. And, yes. and so people that have come through from, from your offices, you know, they've, they've been thoroughly informed and educated and they understand that like, this is supposed to be an integrated piece of my well being. I was, they were either on Wellbutrin or taking Tylenol or ibuprofen or whatever. Sure. And Hey, this is going to help me feel better in these ways and not discredit any of the actual benefits from it. Instead of just saying, Hey, this is something that could alter your mindset. Right. So have okay. we talked about the products here at all? Well, I, I want to go have... back to one oh, thing because okay. I picked up on one thing that we yeah. haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. And this is this professional paintballing thing. Oh. <laughs> I heard okay. that too. And I was like, Ooh, I mean, I don't want, I know that I'm going to get some comments about that. Like, Hey, you didn't ask him about the, yeah. the paintballing. So like, professional paintball. Yeah. How do you even become a professional paintballer? I've never even been paintballing. So we'll, we'll have to change that. We'll yeah. have to tell you guys. It's, it's crazy. So it used to be this paintball was kind of the thing that I found when I got sick. Cause I got sick at a very young age when I was 12. So eighth grade, 12, eighth, seventh, eighth grade. So that was the thing that I found that I could do. I used to play soccer a lot, but when, once mm-hmm. you have a gastrointestinal autoimmune disease, you're limited, you're on prednisone, you can't be in the sun. You know, it's just, there's a lot of va- uh, factors. So I found paintball. Ironically, it was my brother's birthday. I wasn't old enough to go because you had to be, I think, 12 at the time. And uh, it was this weird outlet where, you know, like I relate it to cannabis so much because with cannabis, people don't care where you're from, what you do for work, what you wear. It doesn't matter. It's, the, it's like food and music. You know, it brings you together. You don't, you don't put labels on people. You're here for one common thing. And paintball was very much like that. And so that was my introductory to, to like getting to know people. Like, how do I know people? So I'd go there on the weekends, play. I would get, I'd get my ass kicked. And then soon I started like getting better and better and overcoming my own fears of like, hey, if I go out here and I get shot, it's like, it's the, it's the limitation of the fear of getting shot that prevents you from moving. So on a, on a macro level, it was like a good life experience. I got to travel, you know, I was going to California every weekend from Thursday to Sunday. I'd go to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, get in my car, drive to California Thursday, Friday, have practice Saturday, Sunday, drive home, do it all over again. And so because my parents are immigrants, the whole thing was you go to college, get good grades. They didn't care what else I did. So that was kind of my compromise. And then once you do well regionally, then you do go on a national team. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to get picked up by some guys in Australia and some guys in Holland. So for about five years, I was going to Amsterdam probably four or five times a year. Very cool. And so, Freaking so cool. But this is before I even like respected cannabis or even knew of it. I always thought it was like this evil thing. So you were going to Amsterdam where it was like the only legal right. place. Yes. <laughs> right. yeah. And going there to play paintball. Exactly. But, but, but seeing how they handled it, 
you know, the yeah. coffee shops there are not like a regular coffee shop here. You don't get coffee there. You get, <laughs> yeah. you get cannabis, but they also have like pastries and stuff. But they create an environment where you recognize that there is an illicit market. So how do you legitimize it? How do you control it? And what they did was they changed the stigma of it being socially acceptable. And they set the standard for a lot of people, but they, they were years ahead of everyone. So, you know, one thing that like my cannabis one-on-one experience was all Holland. So like, I realized that all like the hazes, the, like a lot of the haze strains, those are all original Dutch um, classics. You know, you've got a super silver haze, you've got like the jacks, you've got amnesia hazes. Those are all very heady sativas that are sold all throughout Holland. And then, you know, the cones, I'm sure you've seen Oh, so yeah. The cone. So like I learned how to, I, I can only roll a cone. I don't know any other way because that's how they taught me in Holland. Yeah. Frankly, I don't know roll. I do, I do not roll a good joint, but I can roll a better cone than anything else. But, but I don't understand why, but um, I mean, this, it makes sense yeah, that you would it, learn it that way. Yeah. It's, it's just a, uh, it's, it's just a cultural thing. It's like how they do it. There's a crutch, there's the papers, but you know, it's been a while since I've I've done that. Since here in the state, we can only uh, consume through vaporizing. So, you know, after we did the, the the paintball tours, you can only survive for so long. You know, traveling through a suitcase, traveling around the world. But that for me was just my whole, I think, like life education. I did my education at the U. I did my undergrad and, and grad up there. But the paintball for me was my life experience and like my life education and understanding like what is important, different cultures. I feel like if you're able to go outside of this bubble here, pick and choose what works, what doesn't work and bring it back. That's ultimately how I've been able to be successful. So similar to the cannabis thing, you know, what has worked in other markets, what hasn't worked in other markets, and then leverage that information here in Utah. So it's been a while since I played paintball, since I had to grow up and get a tech job to get insurance to pay for all the medications and infusions that I was on for the colitis. Yeah, the freaking medical system is just a tragedy. I, I was when on. It comes a, down to that, like you've got to get a job that has yeah. healthcare to pay for the medicine because you're two grand a month and just just your infusions or whatever. It was eleven. It was eleven grand because oh at gosh. the time Remicade wasn't covered by the insurance. Wow. So my first year on the infusion therapy, I racked up like ninety grand in medical debt. Um, but I was fortunate enough to learn that the hospitals have programs where they can work with right. you. So I wasn't destitute for, you know, <laughs> debt. But cannabis at that point, like that's why I'm super grateful for A, getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis because I feel like while growing up, that was my biggest, I don't want to say like uh, Achilles heel, mm-hmm. but it, I think it was the biggest blessing I had that kind of gives me superpowers, I feel like, overcoming that. And then paintball, like those two things have honestly led me to cannabis. When I moved to San Diego to play paintball regularly, that's where I ultimately met a lot of people in the Prop 215 cannabis days. I have a spe- Paintball is a special place in my heart. Um, Do you still get out and play? No, no, because I'm, I'm uh, I don't... You're here all the time now. Yeah, yeah. I need to make more time to do things that I like to do. I get up in the mountains and go hiking when I'm not here. But the rush you get from paintball and like just being in a, in a, in a, a gunfight with somebody, I don't like that term, but I don't like guns. Um, it's, it's exhilarating. And, sure. and, and then understanding your adrenaline, like 
fight or flight mode? How do you navigate that? You know, that's not just useful in paintball, but just in personal life. Like right. when you're, when you're flooded, how do you react? And you know, I've been guilty of not managing that well, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it's been a good, a good sure. tool for that. Oh, way cool. So what's your favorite product you're going to bring in? So favorite product we're going to, we're going to have produced here in Utah. There are a few. One I'm really stoked on is called the Omura and it's a portable handheld flower device where we have these pre-filled um, sticks. It's a paper tube that we fill with ground flour and then that tube sits inside of the battery. And that is going to be about 0.15 grams per tube. Hmm. And then that thing vapes it throughout and throughout. You get a really solid, um, you know, almost coffee ground color hmm. out of it. Doesn't burn it, just just vaporizes it. And for me, I, I'm, I'm really excited because that has been the most convenient, compliant, healthy way for me to consume. Um, so we'll, we'll be bringing Omura here um, under a couple different brands, working with uh, some of the Sugar House Selects team to put some of that flour in there. We'll be working with the Relief Society brand to put some ground up flour in there. And then we're going to have some house brands as well. Um, so Omura, I'm really thrilled on. We're bringing another device to market called the Indos. And I'm really excited to bring that one. That's a controlled dose distillate cartridge pen. So normally with a, with cartridges, you have a battery and you have the cartridge that you screw in. This is one unit that measures the amount of THC that's actually being con- inhaled through the vapor. So you as a, as a, Oh yeah. We had talked about this a little bit before. This is a big deal. Yeah. So because patients can, what you're saying is patients, I can say, look, you need two inhalations, which is going to be exactly this many milligrams of THC correct. or one inhalation. Yeah. Or, is, or consume 10 milligrams of THC through, you know, oral inhalation, boom, boom, five milligrams per inhalation. And taking that as more of an introductory product, for example, like that wouldn't be my day-to-day use because I know that I need more than five milligrams, for example. But I think for somebody that's cannabis curious and they're getting their foot in the door on how do I integrate cannabis into my healthcare regimen. Right. Without getting so stoned, I can't do, I can't focus. I can't take care of my kids. Right. Like this is a really important piece for sure. Limiting or regulating the dosing. Yeah, on or, inhaled methods, especially, or even knowing, because you don't know how much you're consuming. You know, a, a cartridge can hold anywhere from 500 milligrams to a thousand milligrams of of uh, THC based on its potency. So, how much of that are you actually consuming? So that that product, um, those guys have a lot of patents on there. Took them a little bit of time to get it to market because of all the IP behind it, but we're very thrilled to bring that one in. Sugar House Selects is another brand of flour, which I'm ecstatic to bring, um, that has a a really good selection of strains that hasn't been available here in the state yet. Those are, like right now, there's about five strains, Fatso, Cherry AK, Cake, Orange Push Pop, Wedding Cake, Cinnamon Skittles, and Ice Cream Cake. A lot of those are going to be heavy indica leaners, high in mercine, really good for inflammation, really good for people that are looking for something that's going to chill them out, help them get more relaxed as opposed to more stimulated, like a Durban poison from standard wellness, for example, which great product um, that we currently sell here. 
really strong sativa. Mm-hmm. Um, really popular sativa. Yeah, really good. And then uh, obviously cookies is going to be one that we're ecstatic to bring. Sure. We're going to have cookies corners in all of our stores, meaning we're dedicating a specific retail space in our store just to stock these products. And these products are all going to be cultivated, processed, and sold here in the state. So, you know, while while we're trying to focus on having the best retail pharmacy experience, I think that is ultimately determined by your vibe, but also the products that are available. So we're bringing all of those to market. Cookies should be live Q1 next year. Um, we're now working strategically with partners on the cultivation side to get that up and running so then they can process that and then sell it to us. Omura and Indos should be going live in November. Um, we're waiting on a test result for some distillate to fill the Indos pens with. And then we're waiting for some of the labels to get done on the Omura devices. But like, these are just small um, little little different products we're going to be bringing that initially will only be available at our beehive location in Salt Lake and our beehive location in Brigham city. But as the supply increases and we have more available inputs, we want to be able to offer that on a wholesale level to a lot of the other pharmacies and, and have patients have access because we don't want people, you know, driving four or five hours and coming if something's not available for them. So for those reasons, we're going to be doubling down on our home delivery piece when home delivery goes live in the next couple of weeks. And we're also working with other retailers in region three and region four so that they can have access to the different products that we're going to be bringing. So keep your eyes out the next couple of weeks. We'll have the Indos, the Omora ones coming through. Uh, we'll also have Sugar House Selects and Relief Society dropping as well. And then Cookies will be coming Q1 of next year. Relief That's, Society, I like that. I know. I what a what that, a yeah. good uh, what a good name for a for a for a cannabis company, right? Utah does yeah, pretty well Utah with name. that. We play on those words, right? Yeah, we play on the on the culture here. Yeah, I think good. it's fun. I yeah. think it's fun. I mean, don't take yourselves too seriously. You know, I mean, uh, the our friends at Squatters did a really good job yeah. with that with yeah. the with the polygamy porter. Yeah, um, Provo girl, Provo girl, right? Yeah. A lot of those. Yeah, we Outer have a, we have a billboard that you know, says a different kind of recommend. Oh Utahmarijuana.org. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Where's that, where's that one going up? It's a digital on the, on, I think 33rd, 39th South. And, and we have a, we have, it comes up in Ogden as well in Clearfield. So if any of our great. listeners see it, take a picture. Yeah. Take a and picture. Send and it send to send him it or to me and we'll, we'll send you a prize, right? We'll Absolutely. We'll send you a gift. Yeah. I've got a mask. Yeah. I've got a cannabis mask for you. Handmade cannabis yeah. mask. And You're I'll like, donate the money for uh, cancer treatment. Yeah. No, those are, I see a lot of people with those masks too. So I always know. Yeah, they're so they're great. Yeah. They're they're reversible, and you know, so you can wear it to the grocery and store get and wear it to the pharmacy at your uh, at your locations. Right? Yeah, you can get it right across the street from Beehive Pharmacy right here. So come you get some come, cannabis come, and come get yep. a mask with cannabis on it. That's right. Yeah. You know, I got a question for you guys. How did you guys get into? I'm always curious to know, like, how, how we people, met. Well, how did you guys get into cannabis? How did you guys meet? You know, like everyone's got. Everyone's got their story. I'd be curious to know kind of your guys' intro. Sure, sure. And I don't know if I've shared a whole lot of my story. The first time I ever used cannabis was actually about 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, I was going through a bad breakup. And uh, the na- I was living in Pennsylvania, actually. I was telling you how I was living in, in, out east. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had such a, a, a different, you know, I was raised that it was this horrible thing. But I was going through such a breakup. And, and I wasn't a drinker. You know, I wasn't much of a drinker. And so he's like, puff on this. 
and that and Pink Floyd. It was it was a beautiful night, and uh, it's all been it's all been a love love affair ever since. And we, him and I, we actually met. He was on episode 420 of I Am Salt Lake, actually. Oh, wow. There so, are no accidents. Yeah, no, man. No, and, and the funny Ex- thing is, is that was actually kind of a fluke. Yeah. It worked out well. Yeah. I mean, obviously. But then Tim was so awesome on the podcast. I was like, do you want to do a cannabis podcast? Because I love the, I love it. And I was bringing so many on I Am Salt Lake. There was a lot of cannabis related people on there. And I'm like, I don't know if I really want to oversaturate mm-hmm. this podcast. Why don't we do Utah in the Weeds? Yeah. And that, I mean, that's really how we met. I started to do some stuff in the cannabis space at the beginning yeah. of the year and got hooked up with them with I Am Salt Lake. And then that just, I yeah, mean, that was perfect. Instagram, I think it was. Yeah, that it was I Instagram. sent you a message. Yeah. I said, hey, come on the podcast. And no question. Slid into his DM. Then he comes, yeah, yeah slid into my DM. And then uh, <laughs> there's no question. Chris comes to me and says, hey, would you be interested in doing a podcast? I mean, yes. Yeah. When? Can, I, can we start tomorrow? And I knew yeah, I couldn't do it by myself, you know, I, I'm like, well, Tim's the knowledge guy with, with this stuff. I, and, and I can, and I can't do a podcast, you know, Chris no. does all the work. No, I just, you, you, have you know, we setup. know some people. Yeah. It's you, know, a, you guys have a great It's setup. a perfect, um, well, this is, this is the portable. It's actually, we were recording out of my house, but my room is so small there at the house mm-hmm. that I was like, ah, oh, you know, with, with right. everything going on it with, with this COVID, has been you know. great though. We record at my office a lot. We record uh, on location. Uh, we've recorded with Sean Hammond, mm-hmm. you know, at his grow. We're going down there in two weeks again. That's actually, that's actually how we met was through yeah, Sean. Yeah, and through Sean, that's Shout how we met. Shout out to Sean and, the, and the, the Zions guys down there. Right. And Sean is the reason I'm in this space at all because we know each other from our daughters played soccer together for years and uh, we've weightlifted together, Olympic weightlifting and and uh, in what fact, I saw him world. this morning. Well, small yeah, no, world. like I told you before, I was like, you know, you meet people sure. and mm-hmm. you never know like, hey, yeah. what, how is this going to map out? And everyone's got, a, uh, yeah. you know, we all meet for a reason. So, no, Sean's great. And you guys have been great too. I appreciate I, what I've found with cannabis is ultimately your true colors will show, you know, everyone, yes. everyone, everyone recognizes that we're all here. At least I hope we're all here for the same reason. You I don't know. think everybody recognizes that. Well, I think there are. The, let's recognize it, though. The like, true colors, though, come out, and the people who are just in this for the cash and you know making a buck are. Yeah. They'll come to the surface, and the people who are out for the patient, they'll come out too. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with making money. I'm I'm trying to echo this, but if your intention is pure and you're doing it for the right reasons, the money will always come. Yes. You know, and and that's why when I look at hey, like how. I mean, when you're 12, you don't know how to process like a, a debilitating condition. So I always thought like, why did this happen? What, what's going on? Now I realize if I never went through that, I would never be able to provide value in this way because my ultimate goal is to echo the same experience that I had with this person that's showing up right now and that person and the next person, you know? So had that not happened, I don't know, maybe I would be in it for just the money. But right. I I don't know. But the same thing with medicine, you learn that really it's just about the patient. It's about taking care of people. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, does everybody, can everybody afford the visit? No. So we figure it out. We figure out how to help people get them what they need. Yeah. Um, Because in the end, if you help other people be successful, you will be successful. Rising tides rise all ships for sure. Yeah, I love your energy and your attitude, man. You have it's beautiful. I yeah, really, this is a really, great place yeah. to I've it's been awesome chatting with you. Yeah, and getting to know you. I'm, I mean, that's one of my favorite things about podcasting is 
when would we have this opportunity? When would I have gotten to know Bijan, you know? Yeah. I would no, have came in right, here yeah. and said, hello. We, we do get a bit. We, it's a great yeah. opportunity to meet people and get right down and... And just sit down and chat, yeah. man. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard all your other podcasts too. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm myself, I'm glad you're here because, you know, you you think you you know somebody from mm-hmm. listening to their stuff and then you actually meet them and you're like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, you you are in this for, again, all the right reasons. Like you're very genuine, you know? Yeah. Well, you, thank you. You like cannabis. You, you love, um, I love helping people finding yeah. out their stories, yeah. finding out yeah, what, how they can inspire. Storyteller. Yeah. Exactly. Storyteller. Um, cause I mean, we all inspire everybody, right? We all motivate each other and we're all influencing each other. Even back to the cannabis things. Think of all the people that have played a role in your cannabis journey. Yep. How many people are you influencing and uh, if it wasn't for, you know, these individuals, maybe we wouldn't even have cannabis here in Utah. For sure. So it's kind Absolutely. of wild if you for think sure. about it. But No, uh, you know, you're right. Because, you know, I had a conversation with someone yesterday and I'm like, look, I don't know how I can help you, mm-hmm. but I respect, like, I recognize you as a person. I see you. I know what your needs are. If I can't directly help you, I'll still put you on. I'll connect you to somebody that might connect you to somebody because, Ultimately, that's like I recognize those people in my cannabis journey, how I was able to get here. And a lot of it is from, you know, having people connect you with the right people. And then you do your thing and learn from that. And then you connect your right people. And it's essentially just paying it forward. You know, it's good people want to help good people win. And I think that, you know, hurt people hurt people. Exactly. I think we want to just help all, all good people be successful. And I think this we we have, we we were off to the right start. This program is definitely helping. Right now we're at what fourteen, fifteen thousand patients wow. plus cards. Every yeah, week plus, it just keeps going up, Tim. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen thousand patients plus letters, right? Letters, yeah, letters. Yeah, so, so we are over certainly 20, over twenty thousand over twenty thousand legal cannabis users in Utah now. And you've done a pretty good job. I noticed we have these letters where or these little cards where when people come in with a letter, all letters expire right. December thirty first. So everyone out there listening, if you have a letter, make sure that you take the steps to be compliant and get through the system because come January 1, that letter's not going to be valid and you're going to have to go through regulatory approval. So you could be 7, 10, 14 days without access to your medicine. Well, and look at the people who've had letters this year. I saw a patient who came across the street the other day on Monday from here. We called his QMP. He's not a, he's not a patient of ours. And we called it. So I just get on the phone. I just call their office, call the QMP, try to get through. Took, you know, took quite a while, but we talked to the QMP, talked to the medical assistant, and it will take him another seven days to get his card because they still have to go back in and certify. And they're not familiar with that process. So we we have to help them. That's the, and he's been waiting since July to get that done. There's so many patients like that out there. And We've, we have 220-ish people in that pipeline that we've helped. It's not as many as I thought we would, we would be able to help. Most of them are pretty simple. We can direct you to a, a video or we, but really we just reach out to your QMP and I'll just talk to them or yeah. I'll have one of my, my staff talk to the QMP and walk them right through it. It's, that's super important. Because, it's important. Because I, I mean, I know what it's like when you need something like your medicine, whether it was an infusion or even if it's cannabis and the insurance is like, yeah, we're going to need a pre-authorization. And you're like, I've been on this for eight years, every eight weeks. <laughs> right Now, you know, you got to throw your rhythm off. So 
for everyone. It's the same thing here with letters to cards. If you have a, a normal medical practice that doesn't specialize in this, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes a while for them to get through the process and learn how to do this. Yeah. So, so I think that uh, if everyone, you know, gets into the EVS, yeah. then that that's the electronic verification system for everyone. That streamlines the whole the whole thing. I mean, letters were a great compromise from the state to get us through the year. And then now that that year is up, we just have to figure out like how, how do we navigate it? So the 6,500 people that have, that have letters right now, they're all bound to just one pharmacy. So once they come in and get a letter, now they can enjoy Deseret and Provo, Cureleaf and Lehigh, Dragonfly in Salt Lake, us in Salt Lake, Wholesome in Bountiful, Perfect Earth in Ogden and Logan. And you know, the few that are opening up that haven't opened yet. So I think that it's just better for people to do that. So they can also understand if there's a product that's not available at your pharmacy, go to the other pharmacies. You can definitely find it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we're, we're experiencing that right now. Um, yeah. You know, there's some, there's some things that we don't have that other places have and vice versa. And so I think it gives people the option to, to be able to shop instead of being bound to just one place. Absolutely. And I mean, January one's going to sneak up here. I mean, it's already pretty much November. November, And this is going to, this is dropping on Friday and Saturday's Halloween. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Happy Halloween weekend. Right. You know, be safe with all these numbers going up. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyways, we should probably get this wrapped up here, Tim. We're going to have to split this one in two. Well, no, we'll throw it all out there in one. We'll throw it in one, you know. This is good. Just Joe Rogan it for four straight hours. Yeah, man. Joe Rogan it, man. The only thing we're missing here is a a volcano, right? Yeah, we need a nice... Well, we have one. There's no consumption on site. But yeah, I hear you. Do you guys sell in a volcano here? We do. Really? So we've got... I have one. I have one. You probably have a PAX. We've got PAX. We've got Puffco's. Huh? We've got oh, Puffco's. Yeah, so Puffco's are, are yes. great for concentrates. But you have no concentrates we right now. We have no concentrates yet. Volcanoes, we have the traditional one with the knob, and uh-huh. then we have the hybrid one, which is a digital display with a digital read on the temperature. Uh-huh. And then that one allows you to use, it's called a whip. It's like a little hose uh-huh. instead of the bag. Nice. And then uh, we also have the Da Vinci's. So the Da Vinci's are a dry herb vape. Yeah, ceramic bowls. Mm-hmm. Ceramic ovens, probably mm-hmm. the best taste uh, I I understand, but, but spendy. Those guys do a great, and the reason why their product is so solid is, um, you know, we know the founder of the company and he has a background 30 plus years in product development manufacturing in China. So, you know, I talked earlier about my wellness pen experiences yeah. with quality assurance. You pick this device up, it's solid. It's it all solid. CNC metal. There's no... It's not a white labeled product, you know, it's all proprietary to them. So they have a couple different, uh, models. One Mm -hmm. is more portable. One can do concentrates and flour volcanoes. I believe can just do flour right now. And then we have some more coming in. We have a a student glass, which is a kind of a glass gravity style device. I saw Seth Rogen. Is it the one he was using that looked like a, like a, like a capsule yes, type exactly. thing? Like I a, saw like a video a online. Yes. Yeah. Thing yeah. That you flip, but, but we, we would have those with, uh, uh, an electric, uh, vaporizer attachment. Okay. So there's no flame to flower there. Sure. Sure. And then we're going to be having some of the accessories like, uh, grinders and, uh, batteries for regular cartridges. So we've got some of those in stock as well. Very cool. Cool. How can people, I know we mentioned that you're right across yeah, the street, Tim, I mean, but we got right to, how can come people on find over. you? UtahMarijuana.org. 
Utah Therapeutic Health Center, but really utahmarijuana.org. Always the best place. Chat us up. If you have questions about letter to card, definitely. If you have questions about dispensaries in Utah, then you can hit us up as well. And we're putting up some some pretty good information. We'll have information about Beehive Pharmacy here in the next couple of weeks up. What's the address for you guys here for anyone in the 3615 area? West. Uh, we actually have a West address. Because what's the uh, what's the south? South here? is nineteen ninety one South. Yeah, nineteen hundred South and thirty six fifteen West, Building Eight. Okay. And so your your address again here, uh, Bajan, is for people listening. Yeah. So Beehive Pharmacy is nineteen ninety one South, thirty six hundred West. Okay. And when you come to the location, look for the old bank, large sign in the in the parking lot. And Utah Therapeutics is directly across the street on the west side. Okay. Okay. I mean, you're 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 easy to see. I mean, it's it's yeah, the, it's hard the, to miss the old beehive bank. here. Yeah. You can see us from the two hundred one. Yep. There's no question that people on their way to Wendover are going to realize. Wait, I should just stop here, walk in, get an evaluation, go get legal, and go across the street. And it would take you less time to do all of that. Then it would take you to drive to Wendover, break federal <laughs> law, and get your ass back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And How you could you, you could check out my other podcast, I Am Salt Lake Podcast, IamSaltLake.com. Uh, go check it out. This next episode, I don't know, have you guys eaten at Grinders 13 by chance, a sandwich joint yeah, there's in Salt one Lake? Right, there's one right over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're uh, chatting with the owner of that one oh, in the nice. next episode. Oh, that's great. So that's, uh, it's fun. We're, we're talking with some, I'm trying to get a lot of food people lately on that one just because of the uh, uh, food industry was hit so hard yeah, with COVID. And, sure. yeah, and so I'm trying to kind of keep them in business because- the local businesses, we need those guys here, right? Without local food, we have only the chain right. stuff. And people and that, who you know. use cannabis tend to like good food, yeah, right? Yeah, They tend yeah, to need so. sandwiches. And, yeah. then, and then on the pod, or utahmarijuana.org has the transcripts and people can listen to the back yeah. episodes, right? Yeah, we have summaries of all the podcasts there. Um, it's, a great, it's a great place to go if you want to read up what the episode's about before yeah. you listen. Um, we put them all up. Very cool. Cool. Well, I'm Everybody. excited. I'm going to come out and check out some of your products after yeah, this interview. Yeah, let's give you a so, tour. And, uh, and we got you checked in as yeah, a patient. So yeah. now we'll be able to, yeah. to get you uh, across the floor. One thing you'll notice um, on, our, on our sales floor is we want it to be an experience. Mm-hmm. So we have floor display cases that you can walk around. And check them out. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah. And then at that point, well, obviously, if you have to meet with a pharmacist, we have three consultation rooms you can meet with a pharmacist in. And then we have floor display cases. And then that gives you a little bit of freedom. And I know not everybody wants to be immediately, you know, rushed to a counter and say, what do you want? Um, so, you know, I hope you appreciate our flow uh-huh. and then uh, enjoy some of the, the macro shots that we have on the wall. Some high res photos of trichomes that on what trichomes should look like um, with really clear, you know, big trichome heads. Um, but yeah, let's get you out on the yeah. floor and, uh, and, and let you try some of the, the product that we have. Cool. And if anybody comes in, listen to this, mention that you heard them on Utah in the Weeds, right? Like, yeah. how cool would that yeah, be? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that would be all way cool. People. So, anyway, right, anything everybody. else you guys want to say? Nope. Stay safe out there, No, guys. stay safe. Thank you for setting this up, Chris. You Thanks bet. for the work that you do. Because, like, from a local business perspective, you mentioned, you know, getting eyes and ears on there is uh, is very much appreciated. So, help help good people do good things. 